0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. I am super excited about this podcast. I haven't been able to stop talking about it with people, (laughs) the concept of it, the idea of it. And it came to me on the weekend. I had been, you know, looking at the podcast, looking at the content, looking at who has been here. And... I am so grateful for the vulnerability of people who are showing up here and sharing their stories. And I try to make sure that there is lightness and humor woven into all of them. But I also recognize that the content is heavy. And that's okay. It's important to have space, to have places to process all of those heavy things, heavy stories, heavy emotions. And it also. important to have fun and fun is something we do not do enough of in our world and so this weekend as i was thinking about the podcast and and what i wanted to do this idea just sort of downloaded and it was your life as a playlist music is a necessary part of life for me it is how i Experience the world. Uh, My memories are formed through music. And as I started to think about this idea, one, it just felt like joy. It felt so fun and like a really lovely change of pace that we could have together this week. And it also started building into an experience as I worked through the process of what my life as a soundtrack would be. And initially I set a limit of 10 songs. My life as a soundtrack in 10 songs. I I, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I tried. I tried really hard to just do 10 songs and I couldn't. So I gave myself some space and said, okay, your life as a soundtrack in 15 songs. So I set that as my limit and I might There are a few little cheats in here, so (laughs) that's a thing. And as I was working through, so my process ended up being this. I just sat and started thinking of my life as a soundtrack. What are the songs that come forward? And I just started writing down the songs that started to come forward for me. And then... I wrote them down as a list and then i started sitting with each song and thinking about what it was that came up what was the why was this song why did the song come forward what was the moment what was the emotion what was the stage and then i took all of the songs that didn't have the same kind of resonance because my list was much longer than 15 and although they are they remain important i could make you know different types of playlists for my life but this is the this is the these are the seminal songs that hold the core memories that have made me who i am today and i put them onto a playlist and then i went outside and i just listened to them I sat by the edge of the lake and I didn't do anything else. I didn't multitask. I didn't read while I was listening. I didn't scroll. I simply sat and listened and let whatever needed to be released be released in my body as that song played. And it was such a deeply powerful experience. And there's a lot of work that is coming forward right now, especially in the industry that I am in around somatic connection. So somatic connection means being being connected to your actual body. Often, particularly for women over time, over years, as this body becomes less safe and holds pain, we disconnect from the body and end up living in the mind. And what happens when we disconnect from the body is our body holds all the messages. This is how we actually sense and feel and experience the world. But we disconnect from that because of the experiences that we have had. And so in somatic work, it's around reconnecting with your physical body. And as I listened to these songs, I was overwhelmed by somatic experiences of returning to my body, of remembering what I was wearing, how that felt, what the air smelled like, what the touch felt like, how the song resonated in my head in the moment. And it allowed me to fully connect down into my body in ways that I haven't in a very long time. And as I was talking about this experience with a friend, she asked me, hey, is there a period of time that you notice that most of the songs you chose come from? And yeah, absolutely there is. So it's from 1995 to, uh, or sorry, 1993 through 1995 so i was 16 through to 18 those were deeply seminal years for me and as we were talking about why why do songs from certain time periods resonate and stick in a way that music doesn't now and there are there's great music there are fabulous songs but they don't stick in the same way that they did From the period of time where most of this music comes from. And as we were talking through the conversation, my wondering is around. That disconnection. So I was in my body in my earlier years. And that allowed me to have a more sensory experience of the world. And as I got older and I retreated from the sensory experience of my body there be a sense of numbness enters and i don't have the same kind of connection because of the numbness but this process broke down a lot of that numbness and as i was having a conversation about it this morning a colleague said to me hey you should turn this into a session or a workshop and so that is my offering today is i am going to walk you through my list uh, as i'm going or after think through your own list and give yourself time to really sit in your body and experience those songs and those feelings and those emotions And if you would like to do that in community, if that sounds like something like a workshop you would like to do, please send me a message and let me know because it is something that I'm going to start developing because I think there is some magic here that is wanting to be released because this podcast idea has been noisy in my head. I have not been able to really think about anything else. And when that happens for me, I know that there is there is magic sprinkled in this idea that is meant for more than just me. So my friends, here we go. I am going to take you on the soundtrack of my life. There will be stories and there will be connection. And I hope that you're able to hear the somatic resonance that happens in each song. So song number one, fast car by Tracy Chapman. And when I thought about this song, actually, I didn't think about it. It came forward. And I had an immediate memory of sitting in the back seat of my parents' station wagon, driving up the main street of Meaford, Ontario, when I was probably nine or 10 years old. And It's the first song that I have memory of, oh, this is what it feels like when I have a deep connection to something. There was something in Tracy Chapman's voice and the storytelling of Fast Car. Every moment those first guitar notes come when the song, either I hear it on the radio or I have it on a playlist, I immediately feel what I felt when I first heard those notes. And it takes me to that time of, of consciousness of starting to really understand what I loved and what connected with me. And the song to this day holds that memory and that place in my heart. Song number two, Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. Okay, everybody picture it. It is 1988. <laughs> it is a, a grade six dance in a, in a school, elementary school gym. You've all been there. You know what it is. This Song holds all of my preteen crush and angst and longing for something I didn't even really know what it was at the time. Uh, And there are two really deeply connected emotions that I have to this, or two deeply connected episodes, stories. And one of them was being at um, Camp Huron, Huron Church Camp at the time and I was a camper, and I heard the song. And actually, the majority of the songs that make up who I am came to me through that place. And the counselors at the time were the leaders. They led me through this musical journey and exposed me to all kinds of music I wouldn't have heard otherwise. And Right Here Waiting is one of those songs. A counselor was playing it and I heard it and immediately I felt it in my body. I wasn't old enough to have had real experiences with love or passion or any of those things, but I heard that song and I knew. It was like it activated a memory from somewhere in me. And there was this boy, I think his name was Ryan, and the girls in my cabin had said that he had a crush on me. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. And there was this very 11 year old romance that happened over the course of four days, deeply intense. <laughs> and I remember going to, at that time on Fridays, was, or on Thursdays, was always a dance. And, For those of us who grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you remember all of the lead up to a dance, all those feelings, how they felt, the expectations, the what am I going to wear, who's going to be there, who's going to notice me. And all of those things also played out at the camp dance. And I remember being in the program building and I can smell the sort of mustiness of that and all of the preteen and teen pheromones that were permeating the air in that moment. And this song came on and wondering if Ryan was going to ask me to dance, which he didn't. (laughs) And so the song holds all of this expectation, the angst, the sadness of, oh, that thing that I wanted to happen didn't happen, and what does that mean about me, rejection, all of that tangible emotion of being in a preteen body, that 11, 12-year-old who... Our experience of the world is starting to shift, right? Elements of our system, of our body are starting to come online in ways that we didn't know were possible or how we would experience them. And this skin suit that we were in is changing and evolving. And this song holds all of that for me. The next song is kind of connected. And I also, I do need to take a moment and just acknowledge my stories and my list are some pretty serious white girl shit. (laughs) In many ways, many of my stories and my life experiences are a result of my privilege and they play out like 80s coming of age movies. And I can look at it and I can recognize that and they're also, they also are my stories. So I realize that this is not everyone's experience and not everyone would want it to be their experience and it, and it is mine and it's what I can share. So song number three is fly like an evil eagle. By the steve miller band and this is where i cheat a little bit because i cannot hear that song without it being wrapped around what a good boy by the Bare Naked ladies and it's for this reason it is a may weekend in 1993 and my very first concert was a big stadium concert it was a u2 had been the year before this concert my second concert, what a good boy, or it was the Bare Naked Ladies on their Gordon tour. So if you were listening in a country outside of Canada, you may have never heard of the Bare Naked Ladies. They sing the theme song of the Big Bang Theory. That might give you a little insight, but they are a deeply Canadian band. And that weekend, my friends and I, who were going to that concert together, lined up outside of the Bayshore Arena in Owen Sound because there were no assigned seats and we wanted a good, we wanted a good spot. And then after that concert, we were driving to my friend Jody's concert on, or um, cottage on the Severn river. And the memories I have of this day, I remember exactly what I was wearing, light colored jeans, had a rip in them, this kind of um, Navajo inspired belt, which was a big thing in the nineties white eyelet bodysuit and a a white velvet ribbon choker around my neck, thinking I'm the height of cool and fashion in this moment. And it was a gray day. And we lined up there for the entire day. And I just have the best memories of just being with my friends in this space where we were independent and we were doing this thing that we knew was going to be so fun and other people that we didn't know who were going to be at the concert or were walking by. And so it had this festival air to it. And then we got it. We went in and we made it onto the floor and we were maybe like three or four rows back from the stage. and. What a good boy. They started to play the song. And I swear, Ed Stevens looked me right in the eyes and I died a little bit. (laughs) So that is part of the connection with the song, but it also the lyrics are so deeply resonant with what it is to grow up or what it was to grow up as a girl in that time and what the expectations were and what the expectations were for a good boy. And this song was questioning that. And I'm not sure I realized it exactly in the moment. I just knew that the guitar line and the initial line of the melody made something in my heart vibrate. And over the years, as I have listened to the lyrics, as I have listened to the song over and over and over again, I realize it was the questioning of the lyrics of what it was to be a good boy or what it was to be a good girl that so deeply made that vibration happen. And it's wrapped around Fly Like an Eagle by the Steve Miller Band because the next night, We were at my friend Jody's cottage and we were going to a party that night. She had a community of friends there who we, I had heard stories about them for years, but never met them. And this was my first time going there and meeting these people that she talked about all the time. And we took a boat out to this Island and I met her people there and we were having a great time. And there was one boy who noticed me and we were beside the fire and he kissed me and it was my first real like legit for real going all in kiss (laughs) and fly like an eagle was playing in the background and we're lying beside the fire and I can still feel the warmth of the fire and hear it's crackling and the earth below me. And this overwhelming feeling of, Ooh, this is new. (laughs) And this is a moment. And to this day, when the song plays, I, it still gets my engine going. It's still a rever for this girl's engine. Which takes me to song number four which is Long Time Running by The Tragically Hip. And for any kid growing up in the 90s, especially in small town Ontario, The Tragically Hip, I couldn't have a playlist without having The Tragically Hip on it. its It was part of the soundtrack of my high school. And I will say my high school was a really interesting place. It was this fascinating combination of kids who came from farming communities and 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 then town. So my dad was a teacher and a principal. Um, So there was this combination of kids who had sort of professional parents. There were kids from farming communities. There was Thornberry was the town just down the road where it was there was a lot of... It was a really artistic place. And so kids coming from Thornbury, because our two towns merged for high school, had a different vibe and a just dis- different aesthetic than those of us who had grown up in Meaford. And it was this... My experience of it anyway. I'm sure other people had very different experiences. But my experience was of this really interesting combination of really interesting humans. And my high school had a very specific aesthetic and it was very natural. Granola is the best way I can use to describe it. And The Tragically Hip, The Grateful Dead, U2, um, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, it was this massive mix of music over that spanned decades that really made the soundtrack of that school. And so clearly that had an influence on me. And the Tragically Hip being a Canadian band writing about Canadian experiences, which is something we don't experience, we don't get to hear a lot of because so much of the music that we have comes from the States. That when there is a band that is using our dialect, that is using our vocabulary, that is speaking of cities and towns and news events and things that happen in this country, there was a moment of deep connection. And again, I realized the experiences they were talking about were mostly white folks and that that left out a big population of the people who live in this country. And as part of my privilege, I always recognized myself in those songs. And so, Long Time Running to me sounds like Andrew Erskine's Basement. And being there with my friends, learning what it was that we liked about music, what it was that we liked about each other. And this song has this groove that just winds its way into my body in a way that pulls me in in a really powerful way and it sounds like the time like I can reach back and feel my 16 year old 15 year old self in those moments And it's a deeply resonant and powerful experience. Song number five is The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. So we're taking a bit of a a divergence here because there's been a sort of singer songwriter theme. And Kenny Rogers is too, but it's pretty intensely country. And I will tell you at the time, country was not my jam. But the power of the gambler, which is going to sound. Odd, because what it what it sounds like to me is fun and silliness outside of the male gaze, and this is why. When I was working at camp, in the evenings, often was the only time you had a chance to have a shower, and the girls and boys bathrooms at that time were separate because there wasn't as much of an understanding of the non binary spectrum. And my group of core humans, we would go into the showers and we would sing these songs at the top of our lungs. And the gambler was one of them because it was one of those songs that everybody knew the words to. And so when I hear this song, it is the seeds of the power of female friendship. Like I said, outside of the male gaze, it was the girl's bathroom. There was no one watching us. It was just us. And we could be silly and giddy and show our true selves. And I remember the showers were fucking disgusting. (laughs) Rusted out grates, teeny tiny flimsy little curtains, spiders. It's why I'm not afraid of spiders or bugs because I showered with spiders and bugs every day. And yet, even to this day, when I walk into those bathrooms, I just feel at home and safe and protected. And over the years, I sang that song with my friends in those showers and felt community and freedom. And it is the platform for me for the importance of female friendship. And yet there's the sensory of those disgusting showers. There's also the sensory of the beauty line Freeman, for any of you who remember who had the most incredible packaging, Freeman face masks and shaving our legs in the sink and talking and laughing and just being together. In our in our most natural skin and selves, and so, in what could be a very odd relationship, I have Kenny Rogers and the Gambler to thank for understanding the power of female friendship outside of the male gaze. Song number six is "Bad" by You Two, and I still feel butterflies. When I hear this song, my first summer working at camp was 1993. I was 16 years old and I was over my first week working there. I was overwhelmed by being connected to people that I had looked up to for most of my life. And who I just thought were like the coolest, and it was shocking to me that I got to sit at the same table as them now. And one of those people, a boy, noticed me for the first time i I was never the girl who was noticed by boys. i Richard marks right here waiting i I had angst and I yearned and I had crushes, but I was not the girl that got noticed. And Craig Melton noticed me. And I couldn't to this day, I still sort of wonder because I had not been the girl who was noticed. And Craig was like one of the, he was one of the counselors. He, I had, as a kid, as a camper, I had noticed him. So I was 16, he was 18. Not a huge difference, but at that time, Like when I was 14 and he was 16 working at camp, he would have never noticed who I was. So I had known who he was long before me. So the fact that he was noticing me was like, how is this happening? And I still remember as I, as I, sorry, I'm going to wind this up, wind this back for a minute. As I was listening to this song on the playlist and just letting myself experience, I deeply remembered being in the staff house with him and curfew coming and he just got up, everybody left and he turned out the lights and he shut the door and he sat down on the couch and kissed me. And that moment is again, like I can go back to feeling the the scratchy fabric of the couch of my heart pounding because I couldn't believe this was happening and my rule follower self also being a little bit wrapped up in like oh my god I'm breaking curfew (laughs) and the rule breaker part of me feeling anxiety about that and the part of me that's like the goddess that always wanted to be free was like yeah girl look at you you are with this you are with this boy you are breaking curfew he is kissing you be in it, sister. And then the, it's this song because he used to host the radio show in the morning. And one day he said to me, hey, like, listen, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna dedicate a song to you. And I was walking across the compound and you know listening to the songs and he came on and said, this song is going out to somebody who means a lot to me. And I had, I was walking with his co-counselor. His name was Mike at the time. And uh, Mike's like, oh, I think that's for me. (laughs) I had to break it to him very gently. I was like, oh, buddy, I I actually think it's for me. And for the first time in my life, someone had acknowledged me publicly. He didn't say my name, but, but I knew. And it was such a beautiful feeling of knowing like oh somebody thinks of me and thinks about a song and then the following week we had there was a dinner it was it was dinner time and this massive rainstorm came and so after dinner people were rushing back to their cabins with their kids and there was a dance happening that night so there was music coming from the program building and as i happened to run out I noticed him just sort of ahead of me and this song started coming through the rain out of the program building and he grabbed my hand and pulled me under the tree and we danced in the rain to the song. And I still remember the way the rain felt on my shoulders and on my hair and the warmth of my body being close to his in that moment. And I was wearing this long, oh, the long 90 broomstick skirt. And that freaking white eyelet (laughs) bodysuit makes its way back into the memory. And it is this beautiful moment that I can pull up and see and remember and feel like really feel all of the emotions that I felt in that moment. And obviously, that's a relationship that didn't last, (laughs) nor was it meant to. It was a a summer romance. And I am grateful in that I learned what it was to have someone notice me, to treat me with respect, To be kind, to be respectful, to be loving and passionate in a way that was not, that didn't take away from my identity. And so this song reminds me of that every time I hear it, of how I started to learn what a respectful relationship should look like and feel like. And so, I am so deeply grateful that that song brings it up over and over again. Song number seven is Vox by Sarah McLaughlin, and this song reminds me of the spring of nineteen ninety four and it's interesting because there there was this energy that was palpable like I could feel it. The green of the spring was the greenest I had ever seen or ever noticed. And that kind of energy is palpable in my world right now. And so there is, and maybe it's because I am allowing myself to deeply go into these songs of that time and that beautiful flow of energy is starting to come forward. But every time I hear this song, I feel the joy of that time of going to London and the of Watching my friend Christine in the musical, in the whiz that she was in, of seeing my friends and spending the weekend with them and driving around with this fabulous music, connecting with each other. And Sarah, I couldn't have a list without having Sarah McLaughlin on it because I am uh, a woman of Lilith Fair era. And I'm so grateful to Sarah McLaughlin always for her leadership in showing me what female connection and leadership and being there to hold up and show each other shine was a transformative element of my young adulthood. And she also showed like women can do anything. And so. Sarah McLachlan is an essential element in any playlist that I have. And Vox might be an unexpected choice because it's from one of her very earliest elements, but it just feels like the freshness and the newness of spring to me every time I hear it. And that is such a gift. Song number eight is Anna Begins by The Counting Crows. And again, I could not make a list without having the Counting Crows on it because the entire album of August and Everything After is my it my favorite album of all time. I love every song on it. I can listen to that album from top to tail over and over again and still love every moment of it. And Anna Begins sounds like the beginning of summer. So 1994, the summer that I knew that I was going back to camp and I was going to be a counselor. And there was this anticipatory time and I'm watching my boys live it right now, which is a beautiful and really surreal thing because they're in that cradle of time of knowing that camp and this incredible community is close and also wanting to be deeply connected and engaged with the community that they have here at home and that is what i remember these i remember being in the car and driving with my friends to these places and that we that we spent time in and just feeling the sun on my skin and feeling the excitement of the time and of the connection I still, oh, I still can smell (laughs) the sunscreen and the smell of tide because as I was collecting things that I was going to need to take with me to camp, laundry soap was one of them. And I had this rubber, this old school Rubbermaid trunk, purple bottom, turquoise top, fluorescent green and pink latches. And Will, my oldest son, actually takes it to camp now. It's the, it's it's a legacy. (laughs) my Rubbermaid legacy lives on. And so in my room, as I was collecting these things, I would have all of these smells and Tide was always like this overwhelming smell in my room. And that song brings back every single one of those sensory memories every single time. Song number nine is Home for a Rest" by Spirit of the West. Again, another beautifully Canadian band. And this song is on my list because it is the song of celebration. It brings back dancing with my friends. It reminds me of Loose Change (laughs) Louis in Waterloo, dancing on the barrels, sweating, because this song, you move. You move and you dance as hard as you fucking can and you love and you celebrate and you feel life coursing through your veins and I can still see the sea of people out in front of me as I was up on a barrel dancing my heart out and I can feel myself in a bar in Kingston with my friend Chris at one of the most fun St. Patrick's Days ever. I see my wedding erupt the reception erupts as this song comes on and everybody floods onto the dance floor and all of the love that was around me. Oh gosh, does that feel good? And that is the power of letting yourself sit with these songs that have been the story of your life is that rush and flood of sensory emotion. Song number 10 is Feels Like Home by Chantal Kraviasik. And this is the song that Ken and I danced to at our wedding. It It is our song. If you've never heard it, I invite you to take a listen to the lyrics. And we chose it because of those lyrics that they so deeply represented how we feel about each other. And that is home. And Ken and I recorded an episode about a month and a half ago now. And we talked a lot about our relationship and how and the story of how we met and how we got together. One of the things I didn't tell in that moment was the summer of 1998 when we became partners. That's when we became partners in life. We had been friends before that. And he was supposed to work at camp that summer, and he ended up not. He was working in Ottawa, but he came to visit. And the first time he came to visit, I was walking across the compound with him. I had to do my nighttime supervision duty because I was uh, an assistant director at that time. And I was walking across the compound, and I just... There was this something happened in my body that said, you should hold his hand. Now... That was not so out of the blue, because when you are in a community like that um at a at a summer camp, the lines of physical space seem to sort of disappear and you know hug and touch and there there was a lot of that, so our hands brushed, and I reached out and held his hand and it was like it was no big deal except that it except that it was in me there was something that happened. And as he was leaving that weekend, I went to say goodbye to him. And something in me said, you should kiss him. I was like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Uh, And I didn't in that moment. I just was like, odd, okay, because he was my friend. And then it was a couple of weeks later when he came back that those voices were persistent, and that is when we became partners. And this song reminds me of all of those things. And when I let myself sit with this song, it let me remember how, how I felt at the beginning of our relationship, how I have been so blessed to watch him develop into this human that he is now the fatherhood journey that he has been on and how incredible he is with our boys and marriages have ebbs and flows there are over over a long relationship there are all kinds of stages and things that happen what i am grateful for is that for me he has always always even in the hard times felt like home And one of the things that I think is important to do as we mature and age through a relationship is to stay connected to why we fell in love with that person in the first place. In a relationship that is continuing to grow and to develop and to be a healthy and sustaining place going back and feeling those, those initial emotions, allow them to continue to be real and tangible and present in today. And so I'm grateful to Chantal Kravyozak for writing this song that allows me to always know that I'm home and I am safe with my partner. Song number 11. Or or maybe this one's ten. I've kind of lost count at this point, but it is the JCB song. Biden is loppy. It might not be a song that's on your radar or that you've heard, but I was on maternity. I was on maternity leave with Nate and Will was a little. Will Will was a toddler. Nate was a baby, and I was watching Canada AM, and they introduced the musician and sang this song. And the first time I heard it, it just deeply, like connected with the relationship I was beginning to see form between Ken and these young boys. Because the song is the song of a relationship between a father and a son. And the father drove a JCB tractor and my little boy loved tractors. And so I shared the song with Ken and he immediately loved it. And it was the early days of online music. So I think we downloaded it from Napster and we would listen to the song and it very quickly became a family favorite and Will also loved it. And my sweet boy was slow to, slow to speak. And I knew why at the time I knew he was a perfectionist and he would only do things when he knew that he could do them the way he wanted to, wanted to, and so it was actually two and a half he was actually two and a half before he really started to speak, but he went from singular a few a handful of singular words to speaking in full sentences but the these words he had and he would say j c b song j c b song," and every night before he went to bed, we would dance and sing the j c b song. And we were living in our first home, which was an older home in downtown Barrie. And this house was everything I had dreamt of. I had always wanted to live in an old character home, and this house was it. And the front living room had these the original windows, and light would filter through them in the most beautiful way. And the walls were painted yellow. And I just remember being in this room that felt like home and happiness. Watching my little boy dance and sing and have this beautiful connection with his dad who was also dancing and singing and showing him that that was a beautiful way to be in the world. And that song brings back my little boy. my And then Nate, as he grew older, we continued that tradition. And when we would have friends over, I'll still re- I still remember Mike and Sarah <laughs> being over for dinner, our dear friends, and Will pulling them into the JCB song dance. And it's so good for my heart, who loves my, gr- my older, more grown-up children. But having the sensory moment to be able to go back to that simple sweetness is something that I will be grateful to this song for forever. The next song is Downtown by Macklemore. (laughs) And this song, to me, represents the most fulsome time in my career, which was Amy, Amy, who was on the podcast a while ago, she and I talked about um, being together and meeting on the program and innovation team and that was a team that we worked really hard. We created we created magic together in in so many ways and we played together really hard. And there are very very few times in my life where I've completely let everything go and just give myself over to abandon. And there was one night, there was a conference that we uh, used to go to called Bring IT Together. It was a technology conference. It happened in Niagara Falls, Ontario uh, at a big conference center. And I had presented a session that day. And that night, we went out for dinner and we celebrated. And I gave myself over to abandon. And what I remember about this song is it was really big at the time and it played a lot that weekend or or those few days that we were away. And it reminds me of walking across Niagara Falls in my bare feet because it was November, but it was like 25 degrees, which doesn't happen in Canada very often. And Dancing my way. Oh, because of one of my friends and colleagues was staying in a different hotel, like across the city. And it was like 1 30 in the morning. And we wanted those of us who were staying at the other hotel wanted to make sure that he got back to his hotel safely. So of course, we all together collectively walk him back to his, o- his hotel and adventure and fun ensued. And like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, we don't give fun enough credit. But it was those moments of fun and joy that fueled the hard work of our team, knowing that it was coming from this place of joy and that learning and growing and challenging each other should be fun. And so this song, I just feel this team around me who I loved and respected so much enough that I let all of my guard down and let Macklemore take me on the downtown journey and groove my way across Niagara Falls in my bare feet in November. The last three songs on my list are, so I've been working sort of chronologically but the last three songs are the overarching songs that have spanned my lifetime. And they continue to sort of play this role in my life. And the first one is More Than a Feeling by Boston. And the first time I ever heard this song, I it happened when I walked into my school, my high school gym, and there was a battle of the bands and there was this band up on the stage and they were playing this song and i was in grade 9 and i just remember having this moment of oh my gosh we like we these humans we me this community are making this music and making this sound and this is the fucking coolest thing ever and what is this song because it sounded like joy and like fun and like creativity and like individualism and and ownership of the things that we could do and to this day Boston is my go-to song. More than a feeling when I need a hit of joy. And it sounds like driving with the window open and singing at the top of my lungs, letting all of this joyfulness flow in and through me. Song number 14, I could not leave off because the lyrics are literally tattooed on my body. And that is Tom Petty's Wildflowers. And I was in grade 11 when, the song, when this album came out, and it became the soundtrack sort of of that summer. And it reminds me so deeply of the community of humans who I had at that time. Uh, so I'm gonna take this moment to just name Amy, Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> Jody. Colin, Glenn, Mark, Ted, Allison, you were my people. Danielle, you were Vanessa, you were my people. And I felt so grateful to have this collection of really interesting humans around me at a time where I was getting to know myself. And so when I hear this song, I think about all of you all the time. And that's another powerful moment of connection that music has. It allows us to remember the people who made us who we are, who were, who were there for us, or who weren't. Because there are songs that remind me of people who also played a very different role <laughs> in, my, in my life. And I, we don't say out loud enough the fact that even though we don't see people on a regular basis, I remember you and I still love you. I still think of you as my people, as that community that meant so much to me at the time that despite the fact that it's been, gosh, almost 30 years, you still are my people. And of course, song 15, Those of you who engaged in the guessing game had it right on and it is Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. In another podcast episode, I talked about if you were to cut me open and listen, Closer to Fine would be the song playing in my cells. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And I'll take you back to the time that I first heard this song. So... I used to sing in a Christian folk music band. (laughs) We traveled around Southern Ontario singing at churches. And the other members of the group were mostly older than me. And I was, I'm an only child. And it was actually my parents who connected me to this, to this group. And they had known, my parents had known this group of musicians for a number of years. Um, They actually had brought them to Meaford. They did the church singing thing in Meaford. And my parents, I remember them desperately trying to get me to engage and interact. But being my grade nine self, I was like, dude, I'm not going to a church to listen to people play music. That's not happening for me. Eventually it did, however, and I met the 53rd musicians and they became my chosen siblings. And many of them still play a very important role in my life to this day. And they are the people who introduced me to this song. And I still remember we were in a bedroom in a church rectory. We were practicing and my friend Margaret said a lyric from the song. And I had this sort of blank look on my face and they said to me, do you not know this song? And I was like, I have, I don't even know what you're talking about. And they picked up their guitars and they started playing closer to fine. And immediately my cells recognized that this was my song And part of it is the connection that I had with those people and being in that room and the vibration of their voices and guitars and the music. And then later that night, they played the Indigo Girls version for me. And I am so grateful that I got to hear them sing it for the first time because that is what locked that song into my soul was the beautiful vibration and connection of their voices coming together and introducing me to this music that would become a huge part of the soundtrack of my life. It started there and then it became the anthem to sing with my friends. I remember being in a cabin belting out the lyrics of this song with a whole bunch of um incredible women around me. I've had people who were campers since then write to me and say, "Hey, you're the reason that I knew the song and that the Indigo Girls are a part of why I are, are are part of my musical repertoire and they always remind me of you in that time and what a gift is that." And so to the Indigo Girls, I Thank you for writing a song that is the story and the soundtrack of my cells that is made up the core of who I am. And whenever I'm feeling a disconnect from myself, I listen to this song and I remember being in that bedroom and hearing those voices and feeling so deeply secure and loved and cared for, because that's what we do when we share music. We show care and love because music wraps around us and lets us experience this world in ways that we couldn't without it. And it is the tool that allows us to pull those experiences back. So we have reached the end of my list and my invitation to you now is what is the soundtrack of your life in 15 songs? And please share. I cannot wait to hear what your songs are, what your experiences are, what sense sensory memories come back when you engage in this activity. So. Thank you for indulging me. I hope you had fun on this ride. I had a blast and I can't say enough about the process of going through this. And I'm gonna spend some more time with these songs because there's some magic there. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.